0: So today we had food due to the kindness of other living beings who grew the food and transported it, purchased it, cooked it, served it. We have clothing, we have shelter, we have medicine similarly because of the kindness of other living beings who gave those things to us. Even if we bought them still, it's due to others' efforts, and therefore therefore, due to their kindness, that we were able to purchase the goods that we need. And so to really uh, rest the mind in feeling our interdependence with all living beings, kindness of all living beings, and also being aware of how terribly confused living beings are, wanting happiness, creating the cause of suffering, having ethical principles and then violating them, due to attachment to the happiness of this life. So let's let our hearts open with compassion to other living beings who mean well but create the cause of suffering for others and Especially for themselves. And then rejoicing that somehow, amidst all this craziness of samsara, we managed to meet the Dharma and have a precious human life. Then that's rejoice our amazing opportunity, and know that we have to use it in a beneficial way to be able to help other living beings, not simply in this life, but especially to be able to lead them out of cyclic existence. And so in that way, to generate the aspiration for full awakening so that we can do that effectively, and then listening to teachings and contemplating and meditating on them in order to create the causes for our own awakening and the awakening of others. So we say again and again, oh yes, we're in samsara, we want to get out of samsara, da 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 But do we really feel on a daily basis that we're in samsara? Or do we just feel, oh, this is, I'm living my life, this is normal, yeah? In other words, you know, I'm just living my life, this is what people do, this is normal. Or do we have an awareness of, you know, we're taking one body after the other under the influence of afflictions and karma and how trapped and imprisoned we are by the afflictions in our mind. And looking around at other sentient beings, do we look at them as beings who are also trapped by their afflictions or we, do we just look at them as, you know, they're just normal, going about what they're doing. And, yeah, they're pretty dumb and do some really stupid things. But, mm, yeah, well, what do you expect? <laughs> yeah, are you getting what I'm saying? You know, do we really live with a, an awareness of uh, our situation and the situation of other sentient beings? Uh, do you ever get a sense like you're living in an insane asylum? Do you ever have that sense that, like, everything and everybody around you is completely nutty? You know, like, what are people doing? They, they're what they're doing is is totally self-sabotaging and causing themselves pain and causing others pain. And how come I'm in this situation with all these really confused, nutty people? And not only am I in that situation, but I get dragged into their problems even though I don't want to be. You know? Like you look at the problem between... Uh, one government and another government, yeah, or one pe- one people and another people, and it's like these people are fighting and they're killing each other and they're threatening each other with bombs, and I don't want to be any part of this, and yet here I am stuck in the middle of it. Where am I going to go? Where I can't, where I cannot be part of this craziness? Yeah because anywhere you go there's going to be other living beings and other you know we all have this afflicted mind so sometimes you know when when you get that kind of sense uh, then it's like okay why am i in the middle of this even though i don't want to be my karma yeah i created the cause for this and this is what samsara is it's really like A crazy place, not like a crazy place, it is a crazy place, you know, with all these people who think they're important, who think they're knowledgeable and educated and brilliant and from a Buddhist viewpoint whose minds are completely overwhelmed by ignorance. Yeah, of conventional truths, of ultimate truths. And yet everybody thinks this is completely okay and it's normal. We should just tweak it a little bit to make it a little bit better. Yeah, There's no awareness of, like, we're in this situation that's pretty dire. And, you know, it would really behoove us to try and get out of it and to help others Living beings do it. Do the same. So every once in a while that comes, and then we go back to yeah, this is just normal. And yeah, what's for breakfast? What's for lunch? What's for dinner? <laughs> okay. So it's good, you know. The more we can have this awareness of what our situation is, the more then we can have the aspiration. To, for awakening and for liberation and then the more we can create the causes for those instead of just kind of bumbling along in our lives and you know doing what we always do and doing what's expected of us and like that mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah well today was the day of the Komi trust uh, testimony in in the Senate, yeah, all these people who think they're so important, such so such amazing confusion. I'm not saying that I'm not confused. I sure am, but every once in a while, I know I am. <laughs> Okay, so we're on the last few verses of Precious Garland. Yeah? Are you already feeling some nostalgia? And I want to start it all over again, you know? I mean, it was such an incredible text. Yeah? I mean, especially after teaching it in Portland this last weekend. This is, like, so much fun. Okay, so... We're in the last... This section It's called Conduct Yourself in the Best Way in All Situations. Okay, so here Nagarjuna is giving the king and us some very good suggestions and advice about how to conduct ourselves wherever we are. So... Uh, 494 and 495. Speak the truth. He says that so much, doesn't he? All throughout this text. Truth, truth, truth. Speak the truth and speak gently to beings. Be pleasant, unassailable, and skilled in public policy. Do not wish to humiliate others. Be independent and always speak well. With enmity well subdued, be generous, dignified, and mentally peaceful. Do not procrastinate and do not be rash. Do not be dishonest and be courteous. All things that our parents tried to teach us. Yeah, but i don't know okay so always speak the truth you know be honest with ourselves be honest with other living beings remember being honest with ourselves meaning means also letting go of this whole negative diatribe about how incompetent we are and how bad we are and how nobody loves us and all that kind of rubbish Okay, so speak the truth. Get rid of that kind of rubbish, and don't. Uh, yeah, and remember that for Nagarjuna, the truth is not only factual true, factually true, but it's said with a good motivation. It's not said with the motivation to harm others. Okay, speak gently to to beings. So speak with a good motivation. Speak the truth, yeah. Um, help other living beings feel at ease around you by speaking gently and kindly, yeah. If we're irascible, if we are have harsh words, if we have the intention to harm, then people are not going to feel comfortable about around us. And even if we want to benefit them, they aren't going to be near us long enough for us to benefit them. (laughs) Because they'll just think of us and go in the other direction. Okay. So speak gently to living beings. Be pleasant. Okay. So, uh, you know, be the kind of person so that even if people think of us, yeah, that they have a good feeling when they think of us they think oh that's a kind person that's someone with good ethical conduct in other words we can be inspirational if you try and be inspiring to others forget it yeah don't try and be a good example for others if you try and be a good example others see right through it if you practice well and are a good example then it works Okay, but if you try to be a good example, mm-mm. okay? So we have to develop these qualities in us, and when we have these qualities, then automatically we become a good example. Okay? Be um, pleasant, yeah? Um, yeah. because And be truthful, because that's the basis of trust and without trust and without truth, then anything we do is going to be suspect. And you can see how that is now, you know, in our public discourse. People won't trust what the other people say, you know, because they're not sure who's telling the truth and who's not telling the truth. Okay? Um, In speaking pleasant, we need to know, like... What to say and what not to say? to have a sense of where people are at? when do do people when are people receptive to us asking a more personal question about what's going on with us? And when are do people just want to be left alone and are asking a question would seem very intrusive to them? Yeah. When are are people looking for our ideas or our opinions? And when do people just want us to listen to what they're saying? So to develop some kind of sensitivity to this so that we can really be um, beneficial. Yeah, Be unassailable. In other words, explain the Dharma, um, the precious Dharma that's difficult for people to encounter, um, and explain it to the people that you encounter. And so here he's, he's uh, talking about the people, you know, if, if you're a monastic or if you're a teacher or whatever, the people who are coming to you for instruction, so be sure to take care of them. Uh, or even if you're talking to friends, then to share the Dharma with others. You don't have to use a lot of Buddhist vocabulary. In fact, it's better not to do that when you're talking to people who aren't Buddhist. And just talk in regular language, but explain Buddhist ideas to them in a way that benefits them, okay? If people in your circle, you know, the people you're living with or the people you're teaching, um. Yeah, if they have, uh, try and help them to have good ethical conduct. And if they don't, then teach them, (laughs) you know, what good ethical conduct is. Teach them what is proper behavior and what isn't proper behavior and how to make amends and how to do purification. Okay, so um, teach, you know, teach them the Dharma according to their ability ator- according to whatever level they're at. Okay? <laughs> and then Kensa Rinpoche says, don't simply throw up your hands and say, there's no point in explaining the Dharma to you. You will never understand. And even if you did, you won't practice. So just forget it. <laughs> okay? So Kenza Rinpoche says, don't do that. Yeah. So, uh, remember, we're bodhisattvas in training, so we have to learn to uh, endure sentient beings' stupidagios. Okay? And then don't humiliate them. You know, even if they're acting poorly and you have to correct them, um, then, you know, don't humiliate them and make them feel bad about themselves. Okay, because that's really terrible when somebody humiliates you and you know makes you feel bad. That that's not kindness. Okay, so then be independent. Yeah, um, so at gain the information you need, and then think for yourself and make your own decision. So use your own wisdom to make your own decision. Um, Without succumbing to pressure from others, without succumbing to their threats, without doing something so that other people will like you and to avoid their criticism, simply because you're attached to your your reputation. Yeah, Of course, we want to avoid the criticism of the wise, but that's that's something different. Yeah, So often, um, we make choices depending upon what we think other people think we should do. Yeah, I just got an email from somebody who's you know, midlife right now and they're looking back in their life and saying, "You know, I did mo- made most of my decisions in life based on what other people wanted me to do. And I've never really been true to my own self." Yeah. I've never followed the things that are really important to me because I was too busy pleasing other people and doing what they wanted. Okay? So, uh, you know, be able to... When it says be independent, it means in our mind to be able to think for ourselves and come to good conclusions and not just wander around going, eh, I don't know what to do, you know? Um, I remember one time, because, you know, people sometimes think that they have to ask their spiritual mentor every tiny little thing they do. And I remember Lama, <laughs> she one time just saying, next time they're going to ask me where to go pee-pee. Develop your own wisdom, dear. <laughs> uh uh-huh. And I think that's that was a, a strong statement to people who, you know, had the wrong idea of what relying on their teacher meant because they thought they were supposed to be... And this is what's sometimes misleading about the analogies it gives about how to relate to a teacher, is they feel like they should be little like little puppy dogs or little children and always tag along and say, what do I do, what do I do, what do I do? You know, and... Maybe some teachers like that. Lama Yeshi certain di- certainly didn't. And um, uh, reading this, too, it made me think. Before uh, you know, s- setting up the abbey, I did a lot of reading and asking other people for things, uh, you know, advice. And I read St. Benedict's Rule. And, you know, because they have a community that's functioned hundreds of years, you know, what are they doing? And one thing really struck me, what St. Benedict said, is he's, you know, because they have a hierarchy, you know, the postulants and the novices and, you know, the different levels that they have. And he said, when you have a community meeting, let everybody speak. Everybody should share their ideas. Yeah, because even the, the young people, Or the new people, they might have very good ideas. So get all the ideas you can, let everybody speak, and then think which ideas are going to work best, which ideas function for this situation. Yeah. And then the seniors, you know, make the decision. Or, I think maybe in their community, the abbot or abbess makes the decision. The Buddha set it up so that, uh, you know, the Sangha makes the decision, meaning the fully ordained people. Um, okay, and I thought, gee, that's really good because uh, I've lived in a lot of communities and where people don't have a voice, then uh, they feel stifled. And it So it goes much better if people have a voice. And many times, like Saint Benedict said, people, young people, will have good ideas that older people didn't think about. Yeah. But then, having collected the ideas, you need to think for yourself and not just do something because somebody else wants you to or somebody else is going to be upset if you don't do it, or somebody is threatening you, or whatever, yeah? To to do what you think is right. Mm-hmm. Okay, then, with enmity well subdued, so, you know, our temper is well subdued, be generous, yeah? So have a generous heart, yeah? It doesn't mean we need to go around, you know, giving everybody presents all the time. Um, But if we have a generous heart, because there's much more to give than material things. Sometimes giving encouragement is much more important. Giving a smile. Yeah, giving love, giving protection, giving the Dharma, many things to give. But to have a generous heart, be dignified, yeah, so act appropriately, and let's not have our behavior all whacked out, where we're totally laughing hysterically, sounding like my, what my mother say, a bunch of wild hyenas. Yeah. What did your mother say when you when you were laughing with your friends a lot? Mom said you sound like a bunch of wild hyenas. What'd your mother say? Yeah. So yeah. So and nobody wants to say what their mother said, uh, but you know, our mother had, sometimes maybe I don't know what wild hyenas sound like, but maybe we sounded that way, you know, and be dignified. You know, walk in a in a dignified way without our arms, you know, flailing all over here, without shouting, you know, across long distances and you know, but but have a dignified behavior, and I think you've all experienced that when you're with the the Chinese monastics, there's a certain dignity that they have, yeah, and so we should be like that too. It's not stiff, and it's not pretentious, but it's you know it's friendly, but it's you know not this kind of bleh, you know kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. be mentally peaceful, okay? And so, um, you know, don't seek revenge when, when things happen in your life. Have a peaceful mind. Don't, you know, store up grudges and seek revenge and wait for the time when you can retaliate and get even with somebody else. Okay, then don't... Um, procrastinate and do not be rash, yeah, these two go together, procrastination, oh, I'll do that later, yeah, so don't be procrastinating when we're just like, yeah, yeah, manana and la manana, I'll take it, later i don't feel like doing it now somebody else can do it you know after they remind me another five times i'll get around to it um you know so don't procrastinate be be responsible especially when other people are counting on you to do something but also don't be rash you know rash impulsive we make a quick decision without contemplating things well to procrastinate, you take so long to make a decision that your decisions doesn't fit the situation by the time you make it, or being rash, where we just, you know, do the first impulsive thing that pops into our mind without thinking of its effects on other people or its effects on us, okay? So don't go to either of those extremes. Okay. In other words, be conscientious, be, be thoughtful. Yeah. Do not be dishonest. So, uh, these two mental factors, pretension and deceit, pretending to have good qualities we don't have, uh, and deceit, pretend, you know, hiding bad qualities or pretending not to have faults that we do have. So, instead of being dishonest and making ourselves appear to be something that we aren't, then we should be truthful and honest. Yeah? But not in a way that, you know, makes other people feel like they have to take care of us. You know, sometimes we're truthful and honest, and people say, how are you? Oh, I'm terrible. And then all of a sudden the other person you know, it hooks them into feeling obligated to solve our problem, you know, which is not good from their point of view. They should not, nobody else should feel like they have to solve somebody else's problem. So we shouldn't act in ways where we try and hook people into doing that. And similarly, you know, if somebody else is uh, trying to hook us into doing that, we need to realize that uh, you know, our job is not to fix other people's problems. Yeah, our job is to be steady and clear, you know, give them good advice, support them. But we aren't responsible for running around like chickens without our he- without their heads, uh, trying to please everybody so that they'll all be happy. Yeah, so sometimes we get confused what bodhisattva's compassion looks like. You know, we think, okay, oh, this person has a fire. I've got to put out their fire, and then I got to put out this fire, and then this person I've got to put out that, and then this, and all these people have fires, and I'm helping all my friends, and they're all, they're all going to collapse without me. Yeah, they all need me to put out their fires. So, I'm important. That's really kind of disrespectful, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I think we need to, you know, we might suggest, I mean, it depends what somebody's problem is. If they broke their leg and they can't get to the grocery store, yes, go grocery shopping for them. You know, so those kind of problems, clearly we help people, we do what they need. But, you know, in in a lot of the other kinds of things that we do, just, uh, I think it's kind of disrespectful, like, you can't live without me, I've got to be there and fix your problem for you. Yeah, Yeah, we should encourage people, you know, and teach them how to deal with their own problems. And be there to support them, yeah. But help them learn how to to um, think creatively and and deal with things instead of falling apart all the time. And then, yeah. Okay. So do not be dishonest and be be courteous. Okay. So don't be rude and obnoxious. Yeah, say please and thank you like your mom and dad taught you. Yeah, take out the garbage, do your share, be a team player. Okay, be, be courteous to the people around us. Okay. So these are, you know, these are all things, like I said, that we were taught as kids. And here they come up in the Dharma. But... We can really see, you know, when we learn them as kids, it's like, oh God, okay, I got to be nice. But then our parents said, well, you got to be nice so other people will like you. Okay, I got to be nice so other people will like me. But here, do you sense the difference in the intention and the motivation that lies behind Nagarjuna's advice? You know, he's not talking to us like a parent. He's talking to us as an equal. And he's saying, you know, you have the aspiration to benefit all living beings. And if you really want to do that, here are some practical things to be really attentive about that will enable you to be very effective in being of benefit. And here are some other things that if you don't pay attention to and you keep doing them, they're going to really impede your ability to attain your spiritual goal for yourself, full awakening, and your spiritual goal for others, which is to be able to benefit them and lead them on the path. Okay. So do you sense the, the difference in tone and the way he's saying these kinds of things? And maybe now we understand more the deeper purpose for some of these just practical things, you know, practical manners. uh, One thing I've, I've really learned living in community is the importance of just being polite. Yeah? And how many things where people get ticked off simply because somebody wasn't polite. And how if we're polite, it, it just functions better, you know? People respond better, our offering service goes better, you know? Whereas when we get sloppy with our manners and we don't say please and thank you, then uh, you know, or talk in a respectful tone of voice. Then uh, just those small things can really set people off. Yeah. So I'm not saying in every email you have to write, "Dear so and so, I hope you're well today." You know, because you all write me ten emails at least a day. Some days not so many, but some days a lot. It doesn't mean you have to spend half the email just, you know, how are you? I hope you're having a good time writing your book and nobody's disturbing (laughs) you while you're writing the book. Yeah, yeah. So it doesn't mean every email, you know, you have to. But of course, with people you know very well, you don't say dear so-and-so and, you know, best regards and, you know, whatever you say at the end. Um, but still, to be polite in, in the email. yeah, and, and I think that sometimes... I mean, in, e- in email, you can really misread it and get the wrong tone of voice. But I think sometimes when we're writing it, depending upon what's going on in our mind, it's like we may use the same words... But sometimes we type them and it's like, grrr, and the other times we type the same words and it's like, hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah? Yeah, I know sometimes I, when I'm irritated, I'll, I'll, I might just say, you know, please send me this. And I'm writing, please send me this. But I'm saying, please send me this. After you've made how many mistakes? You know, I don't write the, at that part you know, Uh, but I think, you know, sometimes it can, it can go through, you know, and that's a lot different than, please send me this, yeah, so, I mean, of course we should be sure and try not to misread people's tones in their emails and impute things, but um, also watch how we, you know, the tone in, in which we're writing things. (laughs) And to some extent, you have to give up caring what people think about you, you know. Because I write her emails all the time. Please do, you know, please do this. Or please, you know, check on this. And she said, I already did that. You know, you asked me to do it before, you know, whatever. Oh, yeah, I did. I forgot. Sorry. Yeah, okay. You know, I'm done. What else is new? Um, You know, so just... Yeah, chill out a little bit. (laughs) No? No, I don't think so at all. I I always remember I had a boss who would send me emails with seven letters. P-L-S-D-E-A-L. Please deal. And it would be like some long problematic thing. I'd be like, with no guidance. Oh. Those were Mm. okay. And I used to feel very sad. Like, couldn't you at least talk to me? write one sentence you know please deal (laughs) yeah yeah well now yeah people don't even write full sentences or spell the whole words are out yeah (laughs) okay then 496 be auspicious like the full moon and radiant like the autumn sun be profound like the ocean and steadfast like mount meru Okay, so be like the full moon. We have a full moon tomorrow. Okay, Um, the energy of the full moon is very calming, very peaceful. They always, the moon is associated with bodhicitta because compassion cools the the suffering. Yeah, so have a, a, a calming influence, be disciplined, be beautiful, yeah, so so that your presence your your vibe you know kind of influences people in that calming way and be radiant like the autumn sun so um you know the autumn sun has the the scent of richness and harvest and fulfillment okay um yeah hopefulness things are growing things are coming together yeah so encouraging be profound like the ocean so when you share the teachings and when you share advice you know really uh, be deep and uh, you know sincere and wise in, in what you're counseling others and then be as steadfast and stable like Mount Meru okay so that just you know our conduct from day to day is pretty stable so that when you know people see us from one day to the next they ha- they kind of have an idea of how we're going to act you know you know because there's some people and from one day to the next you don't know who you're going to meet yeah I see some people are getting the point. Um, (laughs) Yeah? Because some people are extremely moody. Yeah, and you don't know. You know, you have to work with them. And they're here at stand-up meeting. And, you know, are are they going to cut you off or are they going to praise you? You have no idea because they're up and down like yo-yos all the time. Yeah, you know, yo-yos. Yeah. And so some people really, you don't know how they're going to say good morning to you from one day to the next. And so as a result, you kind of walk on eggshells around those people and you tend to avoid them because you don't know what to expect. Yeah. So we should not be one of those people yeah, but pot calling the kettle black. Um, yeah, uh, you know, and try and be somewhat steady, somewhat reliable, so that on a, a day-to-day basis, people feel comfortable around us. Yeah, one day, you know, they come to the we come to the stand-up meeting and we're smiling and cheerful. Next day, we come up, come to the stand-up meeting. We sound like Mudita, you know. (laughs) Hiss, 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 sss, sss. You know. (laughs) Yeah. And people are going, what did I do, you know? What did the whole community do? Nothing. It's just this person is having a Mudita day. (laughs) Okay. Of course, Mudita, you know, sometimes she's like that. And she's a good example, yeah? Sometimes she is so sweet, this kitty. You can hold her, you can pet her, she curls up on your lap. And sometimes, you know, So, from one day to the next, you don't know what you're getting with her. And actually, from one moment to the next, you don't know. Because she can be curled up, purring in your lap and then bite you. Yeah? So we should not be like that. Okay? <laughs> we should be somehow, you know, kind of more consistent, more pleasant, so that people don't have to be on their guard or, you know, anxious around us. Then uh, 497... Freed from all negativities and adorned with all good qualities, be the sustenance of all beings and become omniscient. Okay? So be free of all negativities. So abandon everything that needs to be abandoned on the path. Yeah, purify everything that needs to be purified in your mind. Be adorned with all good qualities, realize everything that is to be realized on the path, practice everything that's to be practiced, develop all the good qualities that are to be developed. Yeah? And then we're adorned with good qualities. Okay? Worldly people wear jewelry and adorn themselves with jewelry. Um, spiritual people are adorned by their own good qualities. When we look at, at statues, uh, like when we look at uh, a statue of Tara, you know, or Chenrezig, all the jewels and so on that the, that they wear um, are symbolic of, you know, the ten perfections, the ten Buddha qualities, all sorts of, they're symbolic of good Qualities, so they're adorned by their good qualities. They don't need jewels to be beautiful. Yeah, worldly people wear jewels because we don't, you know, they don't feel beautiful. So I need to look beautiful so people will like me. So, you know, I'll adorn myself. (laughs) (laughs) With my crown. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Lama Yeshe used to do that. Uh, um, this reminded me of what he used to do when um, the the young monks would fall asleep during puja. He would get a water bowl and put water in it and put it on their heads. And if they started falling asleep during puja. <laughs> There was they, not only would they get wet, but it would crash, and everybody would laugh. So you didn't. They didn't tend to do that too often. Yeah. Maybe we should do something like that. Huh? The, the meditation cart The floor would be drenched. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I got a squirt gun once, remember? But it didn't work very well. I need a, a good squirt gun. Well, you're yeah. saying it on the World Wide Web, so it's going <laughs> to... Be- guess what if we're going to get boxes of squirt guns? <laughs> you know, but one that can shoot from here to there? Yeah, that would be really good.
1: What, you're telling
0: me you're depriving me of my constitutional rights to carry a squirt gun? (laughs) you you have that right in the state? To carry a squirt gun? You bet I do, yeah? Other kinds of guns I don't care about. (laughs) I'll just use it in the meditation hall, how about that, yeah, I'll just use it during teachings and meditation sessions. Okay, Um, yeah, be the sustenance of all beings. Okay, so want to um, be of ultimate benefit to them. Yeah, not just the temporal benefit. I mean, of course, temporal benefit and helping them, you know, with things in samsara, but the ultimate benefit of being able to help them along the path. Okay, so be the sustenance of all beings. Be what other people... Be what is of benefit to others. Yeah? And have a sensitivity so that you can know what is going to benefit others from one moment to the next. And become omniscient. So if we practice sincerely and consistently and steadily over time, then... We will become omniscient. 498. This Dharma is not explained only for a king. It is also taught as is appropriate to other beings out of the desire to benefit them. Okay. So here he really clarifies that he's not just speaking for the king, to the king, he's talking to all of us and that we all need to take this to heart. Okay, 499. King, it would be good for you to contemplate this discourse every day so that you and other beings will attain true, complete awakening. So he's saying, you know, I just gave you this whole teaching, so don't forget it. Yeah, don't just take notes on your computer Shut it down, never look at them. Or take notes on your notebook, put it on the top shelf and not look at them again. You know, study what you've learned, review what you've learned. And he's saying do it on a daily basis. Okay? Why? Because if we're going to prepare for future rebirth, if we're going to try and create the causes for ultimate, uh, the highest good, then we need to practice these teachings every day. Yeah, so uh, you know it's not just a question of reading a little bit and then forgetting it. And that's why I encourage people when they re- read Dharma books, don't sit down and like speed read through it. the The purpose is not to read a lot of stuff. It's better read a little bit and really think about it and integrate it in your life. You know, then what, you know, then it's becoming really valuable to you. Yeah, if you just read one thing after another thing, then, you know, you get a lot of words floating around in your head, but uh, you don't necessarily transform yourself. Having said that, I was thinking that, uh, you know, in the Tibetan tradition, they memorize different texts. And like Geshe up, he used to recite uh, Shantideva's text by heart every day. Yeah? Yeah, the whole thing. So, I don't know. Is that even, how many verses is that one? Anybody, you know? I don't know, we should... Yeah, although some chapters are longer. Yeah. But, you know if you memorize that, and then it, that's always with you. And I th- was thinking, wow, how cool would it be to memorize this text? Yeah? Especially since this text, well, like Shanti Shantideva's text, is quoted so often by other authors, you know, and to have all of that at the tip of your tongue. When His Holiness... Uh, gave a, an initiation, or a jainong, a few years back in India. The commitment was, uh, he gave us um, maybe one, two, three, maybe about eight verses from uh, this text, and he said, your commitment is to recite and think about these every day. I thought, what a far-out commitment. that. I like that kind of commitment, you know, because that'll get me to think about things. Okay, then verse 500, be ethical and have the highest respect for spiritual mentors. Be patient, devoid of jealousy and greed. Enjoy the wealth of aiding others without expectations of return. And be helpful to those who are deprived. Be devoted to the supreme. Avoid those who are not. And embrace the dharma. For the sake of awakening, this is what those who seek it should always do. okay, so this is his final advice in the fifth five hundredth chapter verse. okay, again, be ethical. So he started with this at the beginning. be ethical that 's what you need to have a higher rebirth. you know again it 's coming. be ethical have the highest respect for spiritual mentors. So spiritual mentors are sometimes said to be the foundation or the root of the practice. So we have to understand what that means because sometimes people mistake it and think it means the whole practice. Yeah, A root is the part of the plant where you gain nourishment And the root is under the ground and it helps stabilize the rest of the plant. So, you know, likewise, our spiritual mentors are the ones from whom we gain the nourishment of the Dharma because they teach us and guide us and counsel us. And they're the ones who stabilize us and keep us firm in the Dharma ground. Okay, But a plant also has you know, a trunk and branches and leaves and flowers and fruits. So there's a whole lot else besides the root, yeah? So, you know, we need to, to cultivate many things in the path, but the the root helps nourish the other things that we want to grow and it helps keep stabilize us in the ground of the dharma. Okay. But it's for the purpose. If you just had the root and you didn't grow a trunk and branches and leaves and twigs and flowers and fruits, it would be useless. Yeah. Okay, be patient. You know, have fortitude. Don't fly off the handle. Don't expect people to change instantaneously. Recognize it's going to take them a while. Be devoid of jealousy and greed. So especially as Dharma practitioners, it's important not to be jealous of each other. Yeah, jealousy is really unpleasant in uh, a community, a spiritual community, or even you're not living in a community. It's very, very unpleasant. So, of course, we have jealousy, and jealousy comes up, but we should really apply the antidote of rejoicing when it does, and not just sit there and ruminate on how jealous we are and how unfair it is, so-and-so gets to do this, and I don't get to do it, and, you know, sometimes you you hear this kind of thing of, you know, well, so-and-so gets to do whatever it is, or, and I don't get to do it. Or so and so is uh, you know, does this and they never get called on it, but I just do half of that and I get called on it. Yeah. Yeah. So and so you know, if they don't show up for for dishes, you know, nobody somebody steps in, nobody says something. But if I'm a few minutes late then, you know, they get on my case or you know so and so gets to so and so hides food in their room and you know but when i try and do it then you know i get caught on it you know it's not fair and that kind of jealousy you know saying well somebody else gets to do it how come they get to do it and i don't get to do it you know that that is you know what that mi- that mind indicates it's re- it's saying, I don't want to train my mind, I really want to do all these other things that other people get to do without being mis- without being noticed. I really want to be able to do them, yeah, and then so if you're thinking like that, you know so and so gets to, and they don't get called on it, but I get called I don't need to do it, I gotta do it, they don't. You know, it's really saying, I don't want to train my mind. I really want to do all those things. Yeah? Other people are doing them. Why can't I? Okay? And then you have to stop and think, yeah, well, what kind of karma am I going to, do I create if I do that? And if I do have those uh, privileges that other people have, or if I do succeed in doing something behind the back, Someone else's back that, like other people, do, is that really helping me on the path? Yeah, So comparing ourselves to others and saying they get to do it, but I don't. Yeah, that's really indicative of not wanting to to train our mind, isn't it? Yeah. So then then we have to ask, well, what am I doing if I don't want to train my mind? Comparing ourselves to others and what they get to do and what we don't get to do, that's not the, the purpose. Yeah? The purpose is to train our mind. Mm-hmm. So this kind of thing. So I know I've heard some people say, well, Venerable Chudrin has snacks in her room. How come I can't have snacks in my room? You know, she gets to do it. How come I don't? Well, actually, um, in a monastery, there are certain areas that are quote quote tied up. It means that the Sangha performs a Sangha Karman, And that means that those areas are okay to leave food in overnight. And the food belongs to the sangha. The food does not belong to the individual. Okay? So one of the areas is in the kitchen and the snack tables and the snack table there, the snack tables here, and my foyer. Yeah. Why is my foyer one of them? Because I make food offerings every day. And I would prefer not to have to walk through the snow in the morning to go to the kitchen in the winter to get my food offering every day. And it's very helpful to have food there that I can take out and use, you know? And also when I need a snack. Than to have something there. But that food belongs to the Abbey. It doesn't belong to me. And the sangha's done the ceremony to make that a,
1: a you know
0: a tied up place where food can be kept overnight. So I make sure every night that any food is out there. It's not in my room. Okay. So any of you that are wondering about it you know, each night going, she has food in her room and I don't. Will you have a hot shower in the room, in the building you live in and I don't. (laughs) Okay. Want to (laughs) trade? Okay. So, you know, don't start comparing yourself to others and And have this mind of, you know, I'm so good to do it and I don't. I mean, that's like what we did when we were three years old. Yeah? And we're Dharma practitioners. We want to train our mind now. And so it doesn't matter what other people do. It matters what we're doing and saying and thinking and feeling. That's what matters. Yeah? Not what's going on with other people. And if you're nice, you can come over and I'll give you a biscuit. <laughs> because you know that, 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 that cabinet? Yeah? There's kitty food in it, too. So you can have one of the kitty biscuits. <laughs> or I might give you an old cracker. Yeah? Yeah? You want an old cracker? Okay, did you get the lysine? Thank you, yeah, so that goes in that cabinet too. yeah, if you're good, maybe you could my tree will give you one of the lysine drops. How come you go you don't go? My tree gets to take lysine drops, and I don't. i don't hear any of you saying that. yeah, you have lysine. <laughs> Yeah, just want to clarify. Each building has a tea counter with places that are proper to have food, and everyone that lives in that building building that has this right. We're all equal in that way. Yeah, all the buildings have a tea counter. Okay, but no hot shower. Yeah. Okay. Um, Yeah. So be devoid of jealousy. Be devoid of greed more and better, more and better. I want this, I want that. Okay? Enjoy the wealth of aiding others. So feel happiness when you get to help other people. Feel happy when you're offering service. Yeah? Because remember, you're offering service. You're not doing chores and working. So feel happy that you get to accumulate merit by offering service. And do this, you know, feel the wealth of aiding others without expectations of return. That one's hard. Yeah. Because, okay, I'll do something nice for you. But you at least need to acknowledge the nice thing I did. Yeah. You, I washed the dishes all alone because the other people didn't come in who were on the road at least they should say thank you or I'm sorry. Shouldn't they? Yeah, yeah they definitely should. Yeah. And when I do something nice, when I do somebody else's task, then they should appreciate me and praise me and tell me how kind and wonderful and magnanimous I am. And then they should remember that they owe me a favor, too. Okay? So we should help without expecting fame, without expecting praise, without expecting presence, and even without expecting a good rebirth. Just to do it because it's good to do and dedicate it. And do it with, of course, good to do because we have bodhicitta. Don't leave the bodhicitta out of it. Okay, and be helpful to those who are deprived. Yeah, so people who have less than you, help them out. Yeah, poor Shramanerika Cinderella. Yeah, who is suffering so much. Yeah, Cinderella, she's the one who... Who, lo- who lost her slippers? Oh, her that was Cinderella, yeah. So poor Shramanera, Cinderella, you know. S- everybody else got new shoes and she didn't get new shoes. Need older sisters. Yeah. Oh, right. Yes. Horrible older sisters who take advantage because they're senior. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. Huh? And the mean stepmother. Yeah, and the mean stepmother. Is that you? <laughs> oh, although well, I I do have a stepmother. Yeah. She might fall on that category. Yeah. So poor Cinderella, you know, she just vacuums all day. Yeah, she mops all day. She cooks all day. Yeah, of course, she tastes all the food that she eats. Yeah, she, you know, poor Cinderella. Then she has to go work in the forest. Then she has to clean the kitty box. Nobody wants to clean the kitty box, you know. We'll sweep around the kitty box, but we won't clean the kitty box. You know, do you know we almost had a revolt this morning? Yeah? I came in here and looked at that kitty box and I was expecting those four kitties to go, clean our kitty box. It's filthy. You human beings are disgusting. Yes. (laughs) Okay. So helpful to those who are deprived. Hmm? Really think about that one. Be devoted to the supreme so be devoted to people who have good qualities. Seek out people who are who have good qualities, who you can learn from, who you can follow the example of. And you know, watching how other people act is an incredible way to learn. Sometimes we are so dense, yeah, we just, we expect people to tell us everything we need to learn. And one thing you really learn when when you go for your full ordination is you have to keep your eyes open. At least I did, because I didn't have translation for most of the time. And I had to watch who's doing what when. Yeah, and copy the behavior of other people because they weren't going to tell me because they didn't speak English. Yeah, and so you learn a lot when you watch how other people behave. It's a skill we need to learn by doing that instead of just, you know, we walk from one place to the other and we're totally blind uh, to the people around us okay should be devoted to the supreme to the people with good qualities who are wise and avoid those who are not okay when he says avoid those who are not it doesn't mean that you know you shun other people and you look down on them and you say you know you're not supreme you're unworthy i'm not going to be with you that's that's not the the mindset of a bodhisattva What this means is when we ourselves are weak in our discipline, then we don't hang around other people whose discipline is not very good. Because if we do, we will soon begin to copy their way of behavior. And then we will be taking the toboggan down the slippery slope. Okay? So it's better to stay with people... That we respect, that we can emulate, yeah, and not hang out with people who could be a bad influence, not because they're bad people, but because we, our mind is undisciplined. Okay, we have to be very clear about that. We're not looking down on other people. Okay, and embrace the Dharma. So remember. Your purpose. Remember what you're doing. You know, what is the purpose of your life? Why are you here? What are your aims? Okay, embrace the Dharma, have the Buddhist worldview. And for the sake of awakening, this is what those who seek it should always do. Okay? So Nagarjuna is saying, I taught you everything. Go to it. Yeah? If you're serious, practice it. Yeah? Okay, so that's the end of the fifth chapter, The Practices of a Bodhisattva, which explains the method for monastic and lay disciples to attain higher rebirth and the highest good. Sarvam Mangalam Avavtu says, Okay, anybody have the text? I'll read a bit from the beginning. Okay, I bow to the omniscient one who is utterly free of all faults and adorned with all good qualities, the sole friend of all sentient beings. O king, I will explain to you the completely virtuous dharma so that you may accomplish it for the dharma will be accomplished when it is explained to a vessel of the true dharma. That vessel first practices the dharma of upper rebirth. Afterwards comes the highest good, because having obtained upper rebirth, one proceeds in stages to the highest good. Here we maintain that upper rebirth is happiness and highest good is liberation. In brief, the method for attaining them is summarized as faith and wisdom. Okay, so then we'll do the, uh, the debate book next. Okay, we'll start that.